This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit www.shoptalkpod.com. Connected. I'm SJ. I'm AJ. And we the Connected Experience. Hey, bro, what's the Connected Experience? It's a lifestyle, man. It's a lifestyle. Like-minded individuals hope they do business. We interview rap legends. We interview entrepreneurs. We connect a lot of people just through the interviews. We prefer to connect people in the on the interview, but it is really difficult scheduling two, two people. people. Yeah. So, yeah. but the premises of the connected experience is that we just a lifestyle podcast, society, culture, hip hop, whatever. It's just yeah. that's what it is. Trivia. Yeah, I keep trivia because in case a nigga kidnap you, and it's like some crazy question to get you back. That they don't think nobody know. Yeah, I we know. know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's cool. That's a cool. Mindful of clutter, but it makes sense. I always say it's like an episode of Family Guy. It's just like mad random shit going on. Yeah, that's our lives, and book. it might bring it back full circle. So uh, yeah, I got a book pick of the week. What's your book pick? My book pick of the episode is The Art of Science and Respect by James Prince. Nah, before you say that's your book pick, my terms actually go with that because you said the art and science of respect. Not collectively, that means something, but what do they mean? individually so art art is the principles or methods governing any craft or branch of learning the art of banking the art of storytelling synonymous with craft technique skill procedure so that's art science systematic knowledge of the physical or material world gained through observation and experimentation science the art of science and finally respect esteem for a excuse me esteem or a sense of the worth of excellence of a person so the Art and Science of Respect. That's the book that I picked, uh, James Prince. I actually haven't read the physical copy, but I listened to the audio version a few times. How I many? Twice. I, bet it, yeah. I, I listened through twice. I already caught different things that I didn't hear the first time. So yeah. it's just a must-have to listen to, to read. If you don't know who Jay Prince is, guess what they about to do? They about to find out why. Because we got Jay Prince coming through to the Connected Experience. And this episode is being brought to you by Chef Rico Renaissance of South City Catering because we got the chef out there, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and we had him on the show on Connecting with Chef Max Hardy. So that's the example of it even working for us. Right. Because anytime we have an event now that we had catering, hey, call Chef Rico. You know what I mean? So, hey, let's get into it. All right, better than All right, so we back on the Connected Experience. And like we told y'all, we got the legendary Jay Prince in the house. What's up, Jay? Oh, yeah. What's <laughs> up, Detroit? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we actually from Inkster, Inkster, Michigan. That's 20 minutes from Detroit. So uh, you and the music, you know the song, Wait a Minute, Mr. Postman by the Marvelettes. Yeah. They from Inkster, too. And then Don yeah. Barton, he Dime was from Inkster. He was from Inkster, yeah. black billionaire. Yeah. yeah, we embrace all of that. Yeah, yeah. So we're talking about the book, The Art of Science and Respect. So we listened to the audio book. We haven't had the physicals yet. And me and my brother, we listened to it together once and then separate. Because we like to see what we take from books that we read. So we both actually liked it, the leaders, followers, and loners, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So when you talked about that. So what would make a good leader to you? Oh, a good follower. A good follower makes a, a good leader, you know what I mean? It's in, impossible to become a good leader without being a good follower. Okay. So growing up in Houston in the 70s and the 80s, who were some of the people that you followed to become the leader that you are today? My parents, you know what I mean? I have to begin with, you know, my foundation, which was in my household, you know what I mean? So, yeah, my parents. Okay. And speaking of parents, you got a real interesting story. You got, like, two sets of parents. So, and in the book, you say that you wouldn't be who you are without either set of parents. Could you explain that more to people who haven't read the book and what you meant by that? 
Yeah, yeah. In my book, you know, in in, in that chapter, you know, I was uh, I was a person who didn't tap into my biological uh, father for yeah, I was almost grown. Yeah. But I had uh, step parents. You know what I mean? I had uh, step grandparents. I had a lot of hands, uh, special hands that helped shape and mold me into the person I am today. Okay, so yeah, that's kind of similar to us. So we know our father, but it wasn't until we graduated high school, probably well, when we was actually like 20, yeah. we actually met like his dad. Yeah. And it was so surreal because we took a picture, we stand alike, everything yeah. about us the same, he just was light-skinned. So my name is actually AJ, but our real last name is Simmons. Yeah. So we really not even Jacksons. But I said we wouldn't even be the same people because AS and SS just don't yeah, sound as dope. Sound <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Right. So, of course, we fans of rap a lot records like everybody is. So we got some questions about when you had certain artists. So what did an artist like uh, Yuck Mouth do for your label as far as branching out? Oh, well, Yuck Mouth uh, helped bring uh, a lot of that West Coast uh flavor to my label, you know what I mean? I had been in the Bay Area with Seagram, right. you know, for a while, but, you know, Yuck Mouth, you know, a member of the Loonies, you know what I mean, brought even extra credibility to so, my brand. So speaking of Seagram, how did his death affect rap a lot Records? Because on the Posse Cut, Bring It On, he definitely had to stand out verse to yeah, me. Yeah. So well, like, too low. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like Seagram saying like he was set up to be the next, and then his death was like really uncertain. I mean, all of a sudden. So how did that affect like plans that you may have had for Rap a Lot Records? And is that a reason that you pulled Yuck Mouth because they both from the Ville, right? Yeah, yeah, they both from the Ville. I mean, you know, first of all, before we even get to Rap a Lot, Seagram debt, you know, hurt me personally. Okay. You know, it that was around the uh, the tenth anniversary. And I had sent him a ticket, uh, and he kind of rescheduled it for two more days. You know yeah. what I mean? If he would have came, you know, when that ticket uh, was supposed to leave, he probably would be here with us today. Yeah. But definitely, you know, Seagram was a, he was one of a kind, man. And that was a big loss for myself and the label. So for you first and then secondary, the label. Yeah. And then another sign, and well, of course, we in the Midwest, is do or die and the snipers. Like, how did that affect and shape and change rap a lot? Because primarily it was all down south before these people came into the fold. Yeah, I mean, the Midwest was uh, definitely uh, uh, embracing us before do or die. That was a part of the reason I was able to tap, tap into do or die. But, you know, when you have that that kind of success uh, on your brand, on your label, you know, it, it doesn't do anything but expand the credibility. Okay. So, yeah, be incredible. So what's, like, your favorite song that y'all ever released on Rap A Lot Records? And then I'm going to tell you mine. <laughs> yeah, well, that would have to be uh, Mind Playing Tricks simply because, you know, everything was a build-up uh, prior to that song. You know, I couldn't get radio. I couldn't get video. I had to be creative with the press to get publicity to sell records. After the mind playing tricks, you know, everything went around full circle. You know, it, it, we could no longer be denied at radio and video. All right, and speaking of mind playing tricks, uh, 7, 9, 18, we can't be stopped actually turned 27 years old. So that's wow. that's a big deal. And then, what, a couple of days ago, Pimp C album turned, what, 12, 12 years old? The Pimpolation. The Pimpolation turned 12 yeah, years old. Yeah, yeah. Another pretty big release. But, like, we've been listening to all these interviews with you since you've been on your press run. It's probably the most anybody has ever heard you talk. But nobody asked you about the Baby Ghetto Boys. How did that come <laughs> about? 
<laughs> baby ghetto boy, boy, yeah. you you right about that one. Well, <laughs> you know that came about because uh, we were trying to create a, a a baby version of Ghetto Boys, which was uh, I think too much trouble them. Yeah, yeah, and they had their own thing with uh, another midget in the group, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, so they oh they came to y'all like that or you you ain't put them together with the uh, midget? Somebody did, you know. I don't recall exactly who it was, but I embraced it. You know, one of the homies put them together. I embraced it. Okay, let them do their thing. Okay, so and then of course from the book, people know that you big in the boxing. What role do you see that you play in boxing? Because you had a lot of great fighters and was able to like build a lot of fighters. So like, what role do you consider yourself in boxing? Yeah, well, I'm a manager in the boxing world. And, you know, I came into boxing, you know, first fighter was Floyd Mayweather, and I helped lay that foundation that he's eating off of today. Right. So, you know, my trailblazing in boxing, you know, speak for itself. I came into a lot of fighters' lives and uh, helped turn them into millionaires. Who are you watching right now in the fight game? Well, I'm watching my guy, you know, Shakur Stevenson. You know what I mean? Shakur Stevenson is... Uh, uh, the silver medalist, you yeah. know, of our prior Olympics, and uh, he gonna be great. He gonna be great. What about them twins out of Houston? Them boys cold, ain't they yeah. out of Houston? Yeah, yeah, they doing their thing as well. Yeah. yeah, but them not your fighters, huh? Nah. Okay, okay. So when well, we asked you about your favorite rap a lot, so my favorite rap a lot song is a uh, Tila Incredible oh, off okay. of Double Dose. Yeah, and uh, me and my brother always joke. I either never want to meet somebody like Brenda Spencer or yeah. I do. I ain't going to be hiding in no forests and shit, <laughs> but it, it got, it's one or the other. So, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, it's a lot of young entrepreneurs and people who come be new to you who get in this book. Like, what advice would you have for them based on the book and just people trying to make it in this world today, especially with it being so different as far as yeah. music or whatever? Well, you know, first advice, I'm going to recommend they buy this book, The Art and Science of Respect, because it's full of a lot of uh, blueprints and a lot of formulas to accomplish some of the things that I think they want to accomplish in life. You know right. what I mean? It's, uh, it's definitely a blueprint, and it's full of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of one that has went before them. And uh, I didn't sugarcoat nothing. I just gave it to them raw and uncut. Yeah. Right, and speaking of raw and uncut, you had a story in the book about where uh – you had found a guy stealing, and you gave him the opportunity to to tell the truth. Yeah, obviously he didn't tell the truth. But if he would have told the truth, what, how would the relationship have been after that? Well, you know, I believe uh, when a man square up, that man can somewhat be trusted moving forward. A man that want to con uh, continue to lie is a deceitful man moving forward. Right, you know what right. I mean? It's just that simple and. And, you know, I extended that invitation to the homie because I wanted to know. And he wanted to stick with a lie. And, uh, you know, he reaped, he reaped the benefits of a lie. Right. You talk a lot in the book, too, about, like, how everything started to change when you wrote your goals down. Uh, this is actually a goal of ours, right? It was a few people that we wanted to sit with before we started podcasting. So that's how we meet them. We meet them. You actually was on our list. Right. Right. So we started podcast to do an interview with a rapper named Esham. He big in the city, big yeah, independent. I remember. And then, yeah. And we was like, who else would we want to talk to? We was like, we want to talk to Jay Prince. And then we was like, but why would Jay Prince talk to anybody? Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you dropped the book. So talk about how important writing your goals down is. Oh, man, it's a powerful thing to... Uh to write a goal down and dream, you know what I mean? That's why I named the book The Art and Science 
a respect because when you're dealing with that art, you're dealing with an imagination, you're dealing with a dream artistically or something you may want. And then the science side of it is, uh, you know, the ingredients and different things that go into uh, uh, that art, you know what I mean, which at the end of the day, like we're doing right now, y'all dream this, and then it took a setup, you know what I mean, a structure of getting me here, and at the end of the day, it's going to be respected because we're doing a great interview. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? appreciate that. Really appreciate yeah. that. So the acknowledgments, I listened yeah. to the acknowledgments, and it was uh, through listening to the rap a lot. You always hear Jay and Chief, Jay and Chief, and then in the acknowledgments, you Chief said, yeah, you say that uh, Big Chief was like one of your most trusted people or whatever. Like, how did that relationship come about? Because you said he quit his job to roll with rap a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. Chief came to me at a moment when uh, uh, things was low. You know what I mean. And when I say low, that was one of the, the moments when I walked away from, uh, you know, uh, the streets. And, and the brother had a good job at yeah. the waterfront. But uh, he definitely uh, committed. He let it be known, you know, I want to ride with you. And he did. And he, you know what I mean, I entrusted him with a lot of money, a lot of different things, and never have one penny came up short. He just uh, rode and represented to the fullest. Okay, and so y'all still got a great relationship today. Another person that uh, we just know from reading the credits and stuff is uh, Red Boy. So, like, talk about y'all relationship a little bit. Yeah, Red Boy, another homie that uh, that's from the hood, from Fifth Ward, and uh, you know, he's a guy I'm real proud of because I've seen him like evolve from from ground level zero uh, until he's working with uh, Mayweather right now, running his yeah. whole situation. So. You know, it's a lot of uh, uh, homies, a lot of people that I was able to, uh, you know, share, you know, my journey with that has evolved to millionaires and evolved to just great people, man. Right. So during those seven years, that seven-year transition that you decided to uh, lead a game and come into corporate America, you was having problems, like all type of problems. But then you start like having problems with the government and they put like two rogue agents on you. And, and the reason I'm talking about this is because there's a lot of conspiracy theorists out that don't think people do stuff like this. Yeah. But our we Freeway Ricky Ross, our uncle. So we know in okay. real life that okay. this type of stuff happens. Yeah. So could you talk about how that night they told you to pull over? and pull over into the dark parking lot, like, did you feel you already knew if you pulled over that that was going to be it, or did you sense more, like, once you didn't pull over there? Yeah, well, the way that went was these guys had been, like, getting at a lot of the homies that worked for me, you know, pulling them over, jumping on them, taking them to the station, you know, cavities searching them, threats, sending threats to them, you know, what they're going to do to me, and, you know, all of this kind of stuff, so... That night, what, around 2 or 3 in the morning when I pulled off, you know, I, I got a special movement. I moved with a few homies, and we got structure. It's understood, you know, how we roll. They put a DPS officer on me. It was the first time that I had been stopped and then asked to stop again somewhere else by an officer. Yeah. You know what I mean? This dude stopped me on the freeway, then asked me to exit the freeway and pull over into a McDonald's where it was black dark. And, you know, I didn't think much of it, you know, at, at that moment because I'm thinking, okay, Mac, McDonald's, you know, maybe it's a lighted, you know, yeah. parking lot or whatnot. So when I pull over and I look to the right, 
And he told me pull fucking over. <laughs> pull over there. Through his, you know what I mean, that speaker thing. And, and I looked over there and I saw a Jeep and a Cutlass. So I pointed. See, no, nah, I'm going over here. You know what I mean? Because I saw a Shell gas station that was lit up. So I pulled over and went over to that Shell's, uh, that Shell gas station. And the dude got out. Why you didn't fucking pull over? I say, sir, I didn't want to think you was trying to harm me in that dark. And uh, I didn't want you to think I was trying to harm you. What's the problem? Right. Oh, you were swerving. So right then I peeped game, you know what I mean? Because a lot of times when they don't have no reason to stop you, they say you're swerving. I say, you got the wrong man. I say, I don't drink. I don't smoke. Ain't no reason for no swerve to be in my, you know, stirring wheel. And, and I'm not sleepy. And at that time, you know, he asked me to get out, you know, get out the car. No, he asked me where my guns were. I say, my gun's down here under my seat and my hand's on my steering wheel. Right. So he asked me to get out. You know, I got out the car, and, you know, I seen his eye contact from across the street, which eventually uh, led to one of the officers by the name of Chad Scott, you know what I mean, the one that has been indicted to, today with 13 uh, indictments. He came over, the dude had, like, black, a uh, football paint on his eyes and a and a uh, army suit. Yeah. So I'm like, why is this dude talking to this dude? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to put it all together. And to make a long story short, he came and uh, wrote me a warning <laughs> ticket and let me go. But when I got home, you know what I mean? I'm confused because I'm like, these dudes trying to pull me in that dark. Yeah. You know what was they trying to do to me over there in that dark? And when I added it all up, I came up with. It wasn't nothing good. <laughs> yeah, right, you know what right, I mean? right. And so when you mention those names, the song that really stick out to me is Scarface looking to my eyes because he said, I can't get no sleep because Schumacher's been chasing me. And he talked about so much stuff, even how you said your gun was under the floor mat. I kind of hate that you said that because that's where I used to keep my gun. Not that yeah. you said that everybody could be breaking in cars. That's what they're looking at. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But yeah. how much of Scarface music is actually based on your stories? Because I know that's why you transitioned to Ghetto Boys and flipped them around to say, hey, here go the dope stuff, make it rhyme. And as we start listening, Jesse James, we know that's about you. He, of course, Scarface said that. But a lot of stuff that we now go back and listen to in Scarface music is actually about James Prince. So how much of that is about you? Well, you know, I've never done a measuring uh, <laughs> tool on how much is it, but, you know, I'm, I definitely was an inspiration in uh, in some of Faith's writing, but, you know, by no means do I want to take uh, credibility away from Faith because Faith's dope. Yeah, yeah, but, he definitely you know, top five, yeah. and people don't like to place him there because he's from Houston. Yeah, but definitely, you know, he and I together is doper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so at one point, like, with the younger generation, I don't know if they were, like, catching on to rap a lot, and then you sign Juvenile and know your clap come out. Like, what did that do for rap a lot? Because besides mine playing tricks, that got to be the biggest rap a lot song ever played on the radio. <laughs> know your clap when that came out. That, that had the whole world going crazy. Yeah. Uh, it definitely was, uh, was a nice one. You know what I mean? I don't know if it fall in line for the second one, but... Uh, you know, that was a song that actually was a solo song for, uh, it wasn't Skip, it's the other Wacko, one. Wacko. Wacko. Yeah. And, and, you know, we had a meeting one night after something, I heard that song. And I'm like, hey, man, I need all y'all to kick a verse on this song. Yeah. It's the one. 
So that's how that, that song came to uh, fruition, you know what I mean? I got everybody to be on that song. and Yeah, it definitely uh, added to our credibility as well. Okay, so one of our biggest debates is being Rap-A-Lot fans and brothers. It's the Ghetto Boys with Big Mike and the Ghetto Boys with Willie D. Where what album would you have to pick to represent the Ghetto Boys? Besides, we can't be stopped because we know that like that's what put it over the top. Yeah, I definitely would uh, start with the <laughs> "We Can't Be Stopped," and from there, uh, I would have to go to that on that other level. Yeah, you know what I mean on that other level of the game. But uh, you know, Big Mike, uh, what he done? One Ghetto Boys album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was dope, but by no means. Was he uh, his album better than the original yeah. Ghetto Boys? Yeah, and, and yeah. I think uh, when it comes to the Ghetto Boys, the chemistry musically with uh, Willie D facing yeah. Bill, it just meshed better for me. But the the song that stand out the most with Big Mike, Cricket Officer. Like, yeah, I don't, yeah. I can't hear Willie D on that song whether he yeah. was a Ghetto Boy or not. Like that's what that's be the debate. I'm like Willie D couldn't have yeah. did that, but then Big Mike couldn't have did Point of No Return right. in '96. So right. it kind of balanced out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you uh, got a chapter that stood out also Pennywise Dollar Dumb, and you mentioned that athletes and rappers are actually caught up in this. Could you explain that how the chapter go in the book? Yeah, I mean that Pennywise uh, Dollar Dumb, you know, was actually, you know wrote written about a situation with Switzer House. Yeah. And uh, and of course, you know, I I wanted it not to criticize Switzer House, but I wanted uh, the future the youth to know uh to not uh, be afraid to embrace their own. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I felt like that was a situation where I offered the greater deal, you know what I mean, but yet and still uh it was embraced because of uh you know, uh, another color. I'm gonna right. just be real, <laughs> yeah. and 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 you know that came turn around and bite them in the ass. You know, in a in a major way. So I was putting it out there uh, because of that more so than anything. Okay, okay. And let's talk about Larry Hoover, if you don't mind. Now, coming from the background, me and my brother come from. We, you know, what I'm saying we was gang banging at one point. So it's King Larry. You know what I'm saying. So yeah. when you did that interlude with Larry Hoover. And then years later, later it pop up on Jeezy album. Like, was it a phone call from him to you to ask to use that? Because so many people didn't know that that came from a Ghetto Boys album in a whole different generation. And like, I used to be telling the young homies, like, "Nah, bro, that's off the Ghetto Boys. That's off the Ghetto Boys." So how did that work? Because Jeezy's yeah. song like was pretty big with that. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I would. Uh, I don't remember clearly, but I'm sure if Jeezy uh, touched that, it was cleared some kind of way from my system. You know what I mean? Right. I, you know, I don't even think I heard that song to this date. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. so I got to hear that, man. <laughs> yeah. And then do, do you still have a strong relationship with Larry Hoover to this day? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's my brother, man. His wife, my sister. Yeah, yeah, because y'all just was in Illinois. You got the key to Harvey, Illinois, actually, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. my wife's family is from Harvey, Illinois. Oh, okay. So she was, like, yeah. really happy about that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So that I was, was too, man. Much respect to the mayor and, and all those brothers from so what actually happened when you get the key to the city? Do that mean like you can stay at all the hotels for free? <laughs> like you come like what? Because what, what, you hear people get keys to the city, but nobody ever explained like what that means. Well, this is I may have to test it. You know what <laughs> I mean? I may have to test it and see what kind of leverage that key give me because I don't know yet. You know, you got two days in Houston. Yeah. Oh yeah, I heard the two days in Houston. Uh, what's your goals with the book? So I know you write goals down. What's some personal goals that you have for the book? Man, you know I. 
one of my goals is uh, that people really, you know, embrace the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that I share in this book. And, you know, years from now, months from now, however long it takes, I like to hear them uh, let me know that this book changed their life. In some type of way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Another thing that stood out is that you said you had to call Brian Turner and tell him what color clothes he had on. Yeah. Now, for a lot of people who don't know who Brian Turner is, if they seen the NWA movie, that's the same dude Ice Cube had to run up on. And you would think he learned his lesson. So, <laughs> so <coughs> excuse me. after you let him know, like, I could see you, I'm, I'm really that presence, like, how did things go moving forward with priority? Because y'all actually did another deal after that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, you know, it's an interesting thing, you know, when you're dealing with powers that be, they'll respect you more uh, when you, like, make them respect you versus giving them the invitation just to respect me as a man. Yeah. And that was one of them situations, you know, it was one of them situations where, uh, you know, this guy was in a power position and he wanted to, you know, keep his feet on my neck after I had proven myself, you know what I mean? So I'm like, hey, brother, I'm a, you know, all you can do is ask him nicely, hey, man, <laughs> get your feet off my neck. Yeah. And you know what I mean? At After that point, you know, one had to make one offer that can't refuse. And okay. That's how they went. Okay. So we know, like, you love UGK. Let's talk about the pimps. Uh, uh, of course, we love Pimp C and UGK. My favorite UGK album is Riding Dirty. Right, I felt like they have good albums, but Riding Dirty is kind of like we can't be stopped. It's like, yo, this yeah. is it right here. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And we always debate too about that verse on murder. I feel like that's when Bum B stepped out. Like that was his breakout performance, and then right. after that is when he got the ear. Like, like how did just knowing the pimp affect like the type of music he made once he got to rap a lot solo? Oh well, pimp, you know, in his own words, will tell you how rap a lot the ghetto boys inspired him. You know what I mean? When I heard the uh, the song A Pocket Full of Stones, I almost burned my Lexus up. Whatever car that was, I was in getting down at a Port Arthur to try and sign Pimp and Bun B. And, you know, I, I couldn't because they was obligated. They had signed with somebody else. So my objective was to, you know, make sure they was good. Yeah. And I explained it to them. Hey, man, you know, y'all need anything, just let me know. And it was from planting that seed. Yeah, I end up being able to sign them solo, and uh, both of them, Bun B and Pimp C, on the yeah. solo tip. And I heard Bun say that uh, that actually his solo album was actually the highest debut album on Asylum or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. to think that Jive didn't want that to happen, like why wouldn't you know what I'm saying? Like stop it. Right. Yeah, we wasn't having that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Pimp had got locked up, and you know, for the life of me, I couldn't understand. You know why y'all don't want this man to make a living? Until Pimp come home. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we went in. I wrote about that, was able to maneuver some things around and got Bun his freedom. Cool, cool. So let's talk about Andre Ward because he uh, he retired, but he like he really retired on top. So how did you feel to see him go, like even though it was a great decision for him because he could still do so much other stuff in just the regular world or the business world? Like that's a great fighter to see Leo Stable. Yeah, yeah, it is. It was one of those uh, – pain happy moments you know what I mean where you you know hate to see a man go and at the same time you glad to see him go on top you know with all right. his mental uh, efficiencies and all of his uh, money you know what I mean and at the end of the day that outweigh you know any uh, 
selfishness one can have about wanting to see him in the ring again. Yeah, so what's dope is, like, you was a real champion for the South, and you broke open some doors, uh, you, Luke, and now, like, your son's following in your footsteps, but they laying their own path because not only did they discover Drake, they got their hands on the young boy's... Uh, YBN? Yeah, like, so how do that feel as a parent, seeing that they learned something feasible from you? Yeah, no, that make me feel good, man. They, they say you can tell a tree by the fruit. It bad, so I'm looking forward to see some fruit where they concerned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's dope. That's dope. And when building a team, you say the most important things are heart, loyalty, and commitment. So could you explain why those things are so important for somebody who's trying to put a team together or looking to be a part of somebody's team? Yeah. You know, I wanted to explain that because, you know, that exists for me. You know what I mean? Now, for somebody else, it may be something different. But I want to give uh, all the readers, everybody different uh, perspective on building and doing things, you know what I mean? Because it ain't no one certain way. Yeah. But heart, loyalty, and commitment was real important for me, and I built my stable around heart, loyalty, and commitment. And I explained it in, in, in detail in that chapter, you know what I mean? So make sure y'all read that chapter because you got to have heart to be successful in this music industry. Right. And uh, loyalty is second to none, you know what I mean, for y'all that's building a team. And most of all, if you're not committed, don't nothing work. Yeah. Do you play chess? Because it seemed like every move you've ever made was calculated. Well, I don't know how to play on that chess board, but I do play it in real life. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's even better. Yeah. That's even better. So you, um, you was looking at boxing, and you wanted to really get down with Mike Tyson early on, and the powers that be stopped that. Do you think that they stopped it? Well, we know why they stopped it, but do you think like they took you as a joke just because you was coming from the hip-hop world or because you was just a black man or both? Well, you know, the boxing industry and the music industry is two cutthroat businesses. So, you know, wherever one have an opportunity to cut your throat, you know, simply meaning to, to knock you out of the game or, or, you know, take something from you or whatever the case may be, you know, that's going to happen. So, you know, they saw me, and, and the powers that be knew that I was a serious player because they know where I come from, and they know I turned nothing into something in the music game. So when all of them saw me coming into the boxing world, you know, they was trembling. Right, right. And explain to people why do people call Jay Prince when they need stuff stopped? Because, like, the situation that you just stopped, but people don't understand, like, you stopped the T.I. little flip thing before it got out of hand. You tried to warn Big and Puff to go, and there's probably countless other people that we don't know that you talked to. Why is everybody coming to Jay Prince to stop this stuff? I think it's a, a matter of respect. I think it's a matter of uh, having a track record, you know, for a long time of, uh, of being successful. And and the other piece is having a word. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, I have a word that go with me everywhere I go. Yeah, that's, and that's better than anything. Yeah. So you got any connections to Michigan besides uh, Floyd and with his boxer? Yeah, I mean, Michigan, hey, man. Michigan, you know, I tell everybody, this whole Midwest and Michigan embraced me, man, when the South wouldn't embrace me. Yeah. So my connection is for life with Michigan. Okay, okay. So uh, where can people get the book? Oh, my book is on uh, iTunes, Apple, Tidal. Barnes and Noble when they restock, and uh, what did I miss? Oh, what did my Amazon miss? 
Yeah. So Amazon too. Yeah. So you know what I mean? It's it's there. Yeah. So y'all heard that voice in the back. You mind if we bring her to the mic too? Because everywhere Julie, she yeah. go, people hear her. Yeah. Right? A lot of people bring, might not know who she is. It's Brain Julie, the, the author of Pimp, Pimp C. Pimp book, yeah. 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 And, and, the, and the fourth person in the room with the Blackberry. Yeah. Right. And they was literally just clowning us about these Blackberries. Like, yeah, we got to keep there. I get asked about this every day. <laughs> well, I was going through TSA at the airport, and they were like, what is that? <laughs> so, uh, so, y'all, so you traveling this as photographer, like, uh, or as publicist, like, oh, yeah. No, Julie is an entrepreneur. I know because I was gonna say, like, yeah. she didn't write the book, and I just knew if you ever did a book, I thought she would write it, you know what I'm saying? But Especially I still see you reading a Pimp C chapter, I mean, a rap a lot chapter in your book, so we thought that you would be writing it. So, what's your role in traveling with Jay Prince on this promo run? Oh man, it's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just the photographer, I'm just tagging along. <laughs> no, I, um, you know, Jay had had uh, written a draft of the book with uh, with Jazz Fly, uh, Jazz Waters. So, um, you know, she had the, the the basic elements of the story were there, but we, we kind of developed it and, you know, um, I played a part in in just editing it and, and bringing it to life and putting it out as a as a product and uh, putting together this promo run, which I think has been pretty uh, pretty epic. Yeah, and, it is. Dope. Like, dope. so a lot. And, of you know, he's willing to work too. You know, <laughs> yeah. a lot of a lot of artists aren't willing to. That's to really be on the grind like that, so, so yeah. we know of, you're working too because I seen you seven in the morning on the radio station. Yeah. I'm watching it on live. You know what I'm saying? So that hey, was dope. Man. Yeah, I, you know what I mean. I've been working all my life. I ain't scared of work. Work is a lifestyle with me. So yeah. let's get it. Yeah. Right. So Julia, a lot of people listening might not know where you're from, but we know that you're from Ozone Magazine, and that magazine helped actually shape Southern hip hop at a time where nobody was representing, and I mean nobody by the other publications. So how did you start out in photography and journalism? Uh, I started out, um, really, I used to read, like, The Source and XXL, and, you know, I was I would see the little photo credits, and I'd be like, how do I, you know, I didn't know how to get involved because I was in Orlando. There wasn't really anything going on industry-wise, and so we had, uh, we had the Impact Convention came out there, which was like a music conference, and um, the... Boo and uh, Boo and Gotti from the Source were there, and I was like, "Yo, how do I, you know, how do I get down?" So I started actually contributing some photography, and you know, in the beginning, I was I was trying to get down with another publication and, and do photography for them. And, and at a certain point, it was like, "Well, you know, it kind of took off on its own." And um, you know, I would be at concerts and stuff like when a lot of the artists from the South were just first starting to come up. You know, Pitbull, Plies, Rick Ross, these guys were just starting out. Jeezy. Slim Thug, and I would see how, you know, the crowd was reacting to them. They didn't have record deals or, or anything, and I kind of, at first, I was like, why is, why am I the only one? Like, why isn't the source here? Why isn't XXL here? Like, why is nobody else, you know, up on this? So, I mean, back then, I would be the only, you know, that's how I got to know, know most of the artists. They'd be like, who's this white girl with the camera at every <laughs> concert I go to in, you know, Atlanta, Miami, she's there. So, you know, it, it used to be that I was, I was really one of the few people that actually were covering this scene and I, I kind of was just in the right place at the right time because it, it started to blow up around that time and and I was really there at the forefront to to capture it. So the, her previous work she did with Pimp C is that what like introduced y'all and you know that she was going to be uh, instrumental in like being a good photographer? Yeah, no, I I look at Julie more than a photographer. You yeah. know what I mean? To me, that's like at the bottom the of, of the barrel where she's concerned. You know what I mean? Julie has proven that she's a real entrepreneur in every uh, perspective of the game. So when I chose her, I knew I was choosing a real soldierette, you yeah. know what I mean, <laughs> to help me along my journey. I like to be surrounded with strong, good people, and she's one of those people. 
So now this book is gonna go on the shelf with a bunch of books that's gonna be respected throughout history. Now you talk about a book that really changed your life, but what's another book? We're not gonna tell them the book so we know that they read it. What's another book that really changed your life and helped with your vision and bring everything to fruition? The Bible. Yeah. Yeah. The Bible. One of the greatest books on the planet Earth. Yeah. Where the words are actually alive. You know what I mean? The words in that book breathe. That's dope. And I heard you say Proverbs is like your favorite chapter. Yeah, love Proverbs. Yeah, yeah. So, Julia, uh, what was the biggest story that Ozone ever broke? What do you think the biggest story was? Oh, man, that's that's going way back. You know, I'd, I'd have to think. <laughs> I, I really can't think of a, a, a – I'm sure there is one, but, yeah, off the top of my head, I mean, we were we were there for the beginning of a lot of stuff that happened in the South. I mean, um, I don't know about the biggest story, but, you know, the biggest artists, I mean, definitely, like – Pitbull, Akon, like I, I met those guys when they were, you know, nobody knew who they they were yet, you know. And I remember hearing Pitbull just freestyling on the radio in Miami, and I was like, who? You know, it was like three o'clock in the morning, and I was calling the the radio DJ, like, who is this? You know, and um, so to be able to see, uh, and I toured for a while with uh, with Flowrider overseas, and he has a huge, you know, international fan base. So like to be able to go to, you know. Uh, Australia or the Philippines with with guys like that and see how they they've taken it to the whole next level you know just really going worldwide excuse me going worldwide with it um, was just amazing so you know when I started out I never would have thought it would take me like around the world you know doing uh, hip hop photography and uh, and all the other kind of hats that I wear but uh, it really did so right and we spoke about uh, Pimp C book could you tell people what it, uh, where they could get Pimp C book at and what it was like actually writing that book that that's a what is that? Seven hundred pages? That's a long book. I read the whole thing too. That's <laughs> I'm, I'm a little. I'm, I'm pretty thorough. You know, I, I I can't really do a half. You know, a half job. I got to do the full thing. So yeah, I wrote the Pimp C book. Um, it's called Sweet Jones Pimp C's True Life Story, which is actually a, a title he came up with. He was going to do an album with that title, but um, I wrote it basically with his mom's assistance, and she gave me you know hours and hours of of just interviews. She would cook me dinner and just tell me. Pimp C stories, and she was a great storyteller, and uh, she actually passed away suddenly right before the book came out. Yeah. And um, I know this was something that she was very passionate about, just having her son's like true story told. Because before the book, I mean, a lot of people had heard all these rumors about Pimp, and it was kind of like a lot of mythology. But yeah. you know, to get to the actual truth of what happened and, and to be able to tell his story, I mean, it was a great experience. And um, the book is on Amazon as well, um, Barnes and Noble, Sweet Jones can pick that up and uh yeah it's it's for like a it's for a hardcore fan like you got to really be into it to read a, a yeah. 700 plus page book but I, I that's who i wrote it for is like a specific you know type of person who really wanted to get deep into it now jay you talk a lot about land how how important is land ownership to you oh very important uh, god don't make land no more yeah so you know what i mean i'm off into the land thing you know i wrote about the um a trip to a penitentiary in uh in my book and what it did was it ended up uh, having access, you know, going outside of the hood caused me to dream and want land. So it's an interesting story, and, and the gist of it is the power of having access to things outside of the hood yeah. causes you to dream beyond, you know, what you see in the hood. Now, some of that land is actually an island, right? Oh, yeah, 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 I have a couple islands. And that land, you know, that thousand plus acres uh, was plantation property. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? That once was plantation property. Now the script had been flipped. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's dope. So if you had to sum up your word, your legacy in one word, what would it be? Respect. Respect. 
And and everybody kind of Jay Prince for advice. Who do you go to? Who who do you look for for advice? Like when you really need to kick it and you really need to talk to somebody. Like who do you go for for advice? Oh man, good question. Uh, you know, one of the first places I seek for uh, for advice is like within myself and the Word of God. You know what I mean? I'm always trying to, you know, make sure I'm like balanced where the Word at to a certain extent. And from there, you know, uh, man, I like tapping into elders. You know yeah, what I mean? That's yeah. why I'm off into this thing, you know what I mean, with telling the youngsters to uh, replace that IG with an OG. <laughs> right, right, right. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I think it's important to tap into a real solid OG. Yeah, yeah, because OG want to see you do better, not the same mistakes that they had to make. Right. Uh we appreciate you, man. We know hey, you're on a tight time schedule, man. Yeah. 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 yeah, thank you. Thank and you. we just wanted to say, like, this is really the power of writing down the goals list. We said it before, but I don't know if people know. So we usually record on Sunday, right? Yeah. So long time ago when we first seen you, you was going everywhere. We was like, man, when he come to Detroit, we have yeah. to talk to him. Just because we, we fans of the culture, fans of rap a lot. So I messaged you. I was like, he probably don't check that. This Sunday, I said to my partner right here, man, fuck that, dog. I'm about to hit yeah. Julia up. yeah. Before we walked out, I hit Julia, but we also got a partner right here filming. He hit her, too. Yeah. She responded. I called my brother, like, yo, Julia hit me back. Like, you feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's why we wanted to get her on the mic, too, because right. that helped our goal yeah. come the vision, and we appreciate that. Yeah. I also... You know, you, had, you know, women get things done. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we keep women around. There's a couple cats, <laughs> yeah. you know, with them things, but women, you had the Ozone. I actually used to do the Detroit part of the rap, man. Oh, nice. For the Ozone. So it's an honor to meet you in person. Jay Prince, man, we used to just hearing you talk a little bit on the intro. It's the most you ever talk. But our goal accomplished because you talked to us, and yeah. we appreciate that. Hey, I appreciate y'all for having thank me, you, bro. Thank you, thank you. And tell everybody where they can catch you on social media and where they can find the books at again. Uh, at, oh, go ahead, J, J Prince Respect. Where you can catch me at J Prince Respect. Yeah. Tell them the other piece, Jeff. <laughs> and, and, uh, and Julia Beverly, that's that's me. Yeah. All right. That's all Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and all that. All right, and y'all know y'all can catch us at TCE Pie across all of the platforms. Uh we live by a motto, and it's a lifestyle, and that motto is, I, I want for my brother, brother what I want, I want for myself. Jill. Yeah, like that. <laughs>